Oh, guys, I'm doing the intro today because uh, we're talking about something a little bit more interesting than normal. We're talking about littering and smoking the <laughs> reefer. <laughs> I'm glad you're laughing because I know you don't get the reference. I don't get the reference. You make references to things all the time that I don't get reference. I don't, I don't understand because uh, you watch. You, you, I, we're 10 years apart. I mean, we're, what, what was that? we're like 13 years apart. How? I'm 48. How old are you? Uh, oh, 30, dude, you're 16 years. 16 years apart. 32. Yeah, so I was 16 years old. When and you were we're born. born in the same month, so it's exactly 16 years. Right, right, right. So it's it's really interesting because you make references to things that in your generation, I'm sure that you know 30 year olds are going to get it all the time, but 48 year olds, nope, I'm not going to get half that dude, stuff. Some of those movies came out like when you were growing up, though. Yeah, but I I think I was in a different place. 100. percent Yeah, there's, yeah, there's a, no just, doubt about just, that. Just a different a different time and so on. And so well, I mean, for reference, that's from the movie Super Troopers. Okay, yeah, I've never. So seen they that movie. they pull these these three kids over. Okay. And they pull them over and they're like, "You guys are pulled over for littering and." Littering and and they just keep saying that and the dudes are tripping out because they're all like spaced out on shrooms and eating <laughs> weed and stuff, right? Okay. So they're sitting in the car and they just go littering right. and littering and and then finally they go smoking the reefer. <laughs> it's just great. So the the whole stick of the movie is they pull people over and do like funny pranks on them, but then they find out that their uh their highway patrol unit's gonna be shut down or their oh, wow. state trooper unit or whatever is gonna okay. be shut down. Okay. Uh, so they have to, you know, quit acting like idiots. Essentially. Okay. 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 I get that. But that, that. that, yeah. So that, that, that was my little, uh, my little fun tag to the, to okay. the beginning of this today. Well guys, thanks so much for joining the cut light and smoke podcast presented by zeal cigars.com. Zeal cigars, your number one place to find all your cigar needs and not your weed needs on, uh, <laughs> on the internet. So uh, check us out at zeal cigars.com. You'll sell blunt wraps, bro. And if you, uh, if you, uh, feel so inclined, you can actually go to our YouTube uh, channel as well, which is called Best Cigar Reviews on YouTube. Type in Best Cigar Reviews and you'll find us there. You'll see a big Zeal Team 6 emblem and that is the way to get a hold of us on YouTube. So we're talking about something today that um, I'm vaguely familiar with and I think you're familiar with and everything like that. And the stigma around it is is quite quite gone at, at this point. You know, I would, I would say it's, you know, because it's been legalized in so many states and, you know, I guess people have been uh, smoking weed or marijuana or marijuana, Mary Jane, the reefer, what else? I mean, what are, how many, how many different devil's lettuce, the devil's lettuce, how many things can you, how many things about weed are there? How many different little, you know, a lot, the chronic, there, the chronic, the okay. hydroponic, the hydroponic, okay. the cryptohydroconolite. Okay. okay. I think Kevin Hart made a joke about that. He's like, yeah. man, y'all changing the names of all this. He's like, man, it goes from like, it went, it used to just be like grass weed. Now it's like hit the kind of crocolite. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, that was a Kevin Hart stand-up. So yeah, I don't watch Kevin Hart either. Uh, no. So there, <laughs> I don't really either. But so there's that a, one I saw. There, there's a there's a there's a stigma around it that I still have a little bit of, and not a ton, but uh, we want to talk about it a little bit because you know I, it's really interesting because I have a knee replacement surgery coming up where I'm actually getting a whole new knee and everything yeah. else like that after years of football. In the spring, and, bro. Yeah, April twelfth actually is the is the date. So when I get my knee, at least uh, you'll be rehabbing when it's nice out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I got you and other guys around me, so I'm I'll, 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 I'll walk out of surgery. Just so you know, but that's that's how confident the doctor is about the surgery and everything. The surgery, the surgery with the doctor, he's, he's one of the best doctors uh, in the world. Literally, people fly in from all over the states to just come to this doctor, and he only does two times yeah, a week. Two a week, dude. Yeah, come on, does. bro. Yeah. So, uh, and the place that it's getting that I'm getting worked on is literally right. To, I'd say less than a mile from my house. So, like, oh, really? Going, yeah, going back home. He said, you'll walk out of surgery. 
You'll okay. walk out of surgery. You're going to that one. Oh, okay, I know where you're going. Yeah, yeah, Brazos got yeah, 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 that yeah. one right there. So, uh, so anyways, um, well, it came down to it. We were talking through the rehab and everything that and that. And my, uh, I want to tell, I want to tell a little bit about my my history with with weed, my history with marijuana, okay, um, and everything like that. And then what I thought about it. You know, and, and what I think about it now and everything. What I th- thought about it before and what I thought about it, what I think about it now. And then I want to talk about um, how my wife uh, is a very big proponent for uh, weed over opioids. Okay. Uh, my wife is in particular. So I, I want to get into this a little bit. So, so let, let's just get this out there before. Yes, I have had weed before. Okay. Yes, I have had weed before. And, uh, and very. Dang, different. bro, I don't even and, get to grill you on that. You, you just go, go come I, out with I know, it. I <laughs> but I want to I qualify there goes my it. phone. So, so I, here's the weird thing. I want to qualify it a little bit just by nature of the fact that uh, I know people know I'm, I'm, I was a former pastor. I, I was, I'm a Christian still, and you know I love Jesus and everything like that. And it's very in, in the evangelical Christian community. It's very, it's stigmatized. Yeah, that's still. A, it's still a very. We'll we'll get to that. We'll get right. to that because well, well, I'm going to go down a rabbit hole. with I'm that. I'm excited about that because I know we've talked a little bit about that. So I know you know so much more than I do about this. So let me just tell you about the history. Yeah. the history of weed. So. Um, you know, growing up and everything like that, you, I've heard all the war on drugs, marijuana is causing everyone. Right, to go Dare crazy. was probably big time when you were oh, in yeah. school because it was 100%. when I still was. A hundred percent, yeah, hundred percent. So I, I grew up in um, uh, my younger years. Uh, uh, you know, a, a very I, I don't know if I I don't know if you would call it privilege. My parents really did love me and they did well. So uh, you were we taken were typical, care of. Yeah, the typical yeah. you know white suburban family, if you would. So yeah, factory worker. Uh, I mean, your dad didn't technically work for a factory, but right, he was he was right. a laborer. Yeah, right. Uh, no, he was a he was a sales rep. He was oh, a sales rep. I thought he worked for. Uh, I no. thought he did. Um, my grandfather was. My grandfather worked for Cincinnati Millicron. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah I don't was, know why I thought your dad laid lines or something for like the phone company or something no, like that. I'm no, tripping. No, no, no. Um, my dad was a. Uh, he was a hard labor, bro. He was in Vietnam. <laughs> right. He was a uh, commercial pest control salesman. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, so he worked for a company called Scherzinger. I don't and, think uh, I knew that. Yeah, he was like the number one. Dude, where have I been? Sales guy for like twelve better, years. I better in a row. quit smoking that shit, huh? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's it's really it's really interesting. Um, so uh, we heard about heard about weed and stuff like that growing up. And then when I became a Christian. Um, I was just like hardcore, no drugs, everything and else like that. Weed's pretty know? big in Ohio. Oh yeah, for 100%. the record, it's yeah. one of the it's one of the most biggest populated for growing, mm-hmm. like especially down in southern Ohio, down around Ohio University in the Wayne National Forest. Just for reference, right, right, right. So I'm just hardcore, no weed, and everything else like that. And that's probably until I was actually a pastor, and I don't want to say because I've been a pastor at several different churches. I'm not going to tell tell you the church or where I was at this time, um, because I want to keep everybody anonymous. But uh, I was out uh, actually hunting with somebody, and uh, and his wife was really struggling with uh, a disease where she had chronic pain. And at the time, it was like fibromyalgia or something. I, I, similar. Don't, I don't remember okay. literally what it was. Um, and at the time, the only thing that would take away the pain was uh, weed, and uh, a certain strain of weed with a lot of CBD with a little bit of THC. But she would she would have to have to smoke that, and um, and it was illegal at that time, I guess, in Ohio, and. As we were sitting there talking, he was telling me just the, the immense amount of pain his wife would go through and how he felt so guilty because the church was against that and the uh, the government was against it and everything. But it's the only thing that brought her any kind he just of felt like he was hiding and being a hypocrite. Right. And, and, right. Yeah. And I just I loved on the dude. And I was like, man, I just I'm telling you what, man, I, I, I don't see any. I mean, to stop my my wife's pain when I do anything. Yes, I would. 
Yeah, exactly. My wife, you, you love the, the woman you love, and it's and you, and after you do all the research, you see how natural it is and all the benefits health wise and everything else like that, particularly for pain management, um, and how much safer it is in opioids. I was like, and by the way, at this time, I did not have any of that research. Okay, I, I just and he was started kind of opening my mind to this this little bit because just so you know, this is some of the things that. Um, you know, I don't know if you know anything about weed. I said, I don't, man. I, I, I just know that it's you bad or that, you know, it's illegal and everything else yeah. like that. And he said, uh, he says, well, it's really not. I just want you to understand these kind of things. And, you know, and so I was, I was really shocked by that. I was particularly shocked when, um, you know, there was another pastor that would literally, his wife suffered. He, he would, he would, he was kind of on the same page with me. Like, I, I don't. I know I'm, I'm probably, you know, not doing the, the, the pastoral or maybe even Christian thing by giving my wife this, you know, what the government says is, is horrible, but it's, it's taking care of her pain. He wouldn't say anything about that when other pastors were kind of coming down on me like, why would you say that to him uh, and, not, and not condemn what he did? And, th- and this other pastor is in the same room who would go get milk for his wife who struggled with Crohn's disease that was unpasteurized milk that you only get from the Amish. Which right? which is illegal to get on yes, pasteurized yes, milk. Exactly, yeah. exactly. But the Amish sell it, you know, because it really does help Crohn's disease. Well, and they, they don't they don't pasteurize their milk. Exactly, yet. exactly. <laughs> so I thought it was really interesting, huh. you know, in, in that regard. And so I saw some of the hypocrisy really early, and I was like, okay, this is kind of interesting. This is this is really interesting. And it wasn't until um, I had I got in a car wreck. I got a really bad car wreck, and uh, I shattered my knee. You know, the same one I'm getting knee replacement surgery on. Uh, tore my meniscus, my ACL, and a bunch of other, you know, <laughs> acronyms <laughs> in my knee, right? Uh, and so I was trying to figure out, uh, after I got the surgery, he gave me um, Vicodin. Now, I don't know that I ever had Vicodin before that surgery, to be honest with you. I don't know that I, I, I ever had. I may have had it once or twice or something like that. I, for I, to this day, have never had anything stronger than like a 500 milligram ibuprofen. Okay, okay. Um, I think I had Percocet one time when I had dental surgery and that, that, that freaked me out as well. Um, because I was, I think I was like 20, 24. Okay. I thought there were, um, aliens coming out on my TV. Yeah. I, well, I, you have like your wisdom teeth removed or something? I had my front teeth. The, the, oh, my, that's my front right. teeth. Yeah. My front teeth were all fake. Cause I got them knocked out. That's in basketball right. Game. I remember you saying that. Uh, I tell people it was, a, it was a bar fight, but it was really just a basketball <laughs> game. <laughs> uh, anyway, so we were, uh. Uh, yes, yeah, so that was my only, I called my mom. I was so convinced there are aliens coming out of my TV. I called my mom and I said, uh, there are aliens coming out of my TV is hiding behind my couch. And, uh, so I don't have a good reaction to these, you know, opioids or whatever. Uh, so after that, the doctor prescribed, you know, Vicodin or what, or codeine or whatever it's called. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know about this stuff. So I'm just telling you what yeah, I, yeah, some sort of narcotic schedule some, one. Right, right. Well, I don't know what that means, but something like that. Yes. Yeah. Um, you, it means it's kept in a safe and right, right. it's, it's pretty, pretty, they watch very carefully. Okay who they're supposed to give it to it technically. So I'm, I'm taking this stuff and I'm healing up from my surgery and it's the absolute best feeling I've ever had in my entire life. I mean, absolute best feeling I've ever had in my entire life. I mean, absolute best feeling I've ever had in my entire life. And it was dangerous. You're, you're not the only one that said that, right? Like yeah. I'm a huge Eminem fan, right? Mm-hmm. And one of the biggest things about his journey was he got a, heavily addicted to pills heavily addicted to oh, pills. Oh, I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. Um, and he he literally just recently received his induction into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame yeah, and saw the stood concert. up yeah. there and said, told his daughter, plug your ears. He's like, I loved them. They right. were great. 
Right. He was like, they made me feel better than I ever felt in my life. Right, right. That's scary, bro. And so, you know, I'm, I'm popping the pills, and I probably go through the first bottle too soon, so I call my doctor for another one. And he's like, yo, me, yo, yo. Well, he cautioned me. He said, seems like you're using these a little too much. You got to be careful because these are these are narcotic. Okay. I don't know what that means. I All I know it's is it's really addictive. Now, here's the weird thing is I'm not, I'm not thinking to myself I'm addicted or anything like that. I'm just thinking my pain's gone and I don't care. What it really made me think, mm. probably because I'm a natural people pleaser, um, I didn't care about anything at that point. I mean, I still love my wife and everything like that, but I didn't care what someone thought about me or what someone thought about anybody else or something like that. But And when you're a natural pe- people pleaser with an outgoing personality, you really do care a lot of what people think. Whether I like to say it or not, and I, I, I've gotten over that and everything like that, there's a little part of me that always goes, I really want to make people happy. I yeah. really do. And so as a result of that, I re- I remember uh, the second bottle, uh, I got halfway through it, and I thought um, the pain was subsiding in particular, and it's probably like week two of the surgery, um, and I could walk on it and everything like that, and I was rehabbing and everything. Um, I didn't do total rehab on it. I went like two or three times to the rehab place. I'm like, I can do the rest of this on my own. Um, and so I was, I mean, halfway through the bottle and I remember, uh, I wasn't in pain and I remember thinking to myself, well, maybe I should just take this to make sure I don't have pain come back. You know, I mean, maybe I should just do that. So as a result, I was like, well, okay. Um, ah, I'm just going to take this so the pain doesn't come back. And I remember I, I started taking less and less dosage because that's how he told me to, to wean off it. Yeah. Um, I started taking less and less doses. And when I got done, I wanted more. I absolutely wanted more. Like, and, and the pain came back. Like, the pain was back, but it wasn't nearly as severe. And I probably could have took Advil, but I wanted more. And that's when I knew something was really wrong. That's when I knew. And by the way, if you take opioids or anything, like that, there's a lot, a lot of things it does to your whole body. Like it really absolutely messes up your digestive system. Um, there's, uh, I mean, it, it stops you up, it constipates yeah. you. Uh, a bunch of things. I dealt with all that kind of stuff. I mean, it's it's weird uh, to have had that. And then um, go to my doctor. My doctor was a baller, dude. He was like, dude, you're addicted. I'm not, I'm not prescribing anything else. I'm like, what? He goes, that should have lasted you three weeks and last you two weeks. I think you're addicted. I'm like, I'm not addicted. He goes, how bad do you want it? I'm like, I want it pretty bad for the pain. He goes, take Tylenol. Take Tylenol. Great doctor, dude. Great doctor. And I was like, okay, uh, something's wrong here. Something's really, really wrong. And so I came back uh, <clears throat> to my house. I told told my wife about the interaction. I, I hide nothing from my wife. I tell my wife everything. Um, I tell her about the interaction with the doctor, and she's like, honey, that's pretty serious. I'm like, yeah, I'm just, you know, I'm still in pain, though. And so I took some Advil, and it took the pain away. It did. Okay. That was my that was my two-week addiction, or what do you want to call it, to opioids and my experience with that, if that makes sense, okay? Uh, and, and I've had opioids and, and other... Re, re, imagine, uh, imagine, imagine how many other people get prescribed those and imagine that, like, probably, I would say probably 40 to 50% of those people probably develop an addiction to those. Absolutely, absolutely. So, um, fast forward and... Um, uh, later on, I'm working with somebody and they tell me, um, he, he the young man just tells me like, I, I, you know, I, I smoke weed and I'm like, Oh, okay. That's interesting. And he says, uh, it's actually very, very good for you. And he got, and the young man's a Christian too. And he's like, have you not, have you not studied this before? And I, I, I and this is after, after my surgery and everything like that, probably a year afterwards. And I was deadlifting a lot, some serious weight, dude. And when I say deadlift, I mean, anything over 
anything over honestly like 200 pounds, you know, up to about 400 pounds is some serious weight on your back. I ended up hurting my back. Very uncomfortable at work. And he, he tells me, he says, I'm going to bring something into you. I'm like, I don't want anything. I don't want any weed or anything like that. I want something. I don't want anything like that. He goes, no. Nah. So he says, I'm going to bring something into you. I want you to read it. He brings me a, 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 a like a three inch thick, almost like binder about the medical benefits of weed written by a Christian doctor. Okay. And I was like, okay. And he goes, he goes, just read this and tell me what you think. So I spent the whole night reading it. I literally was up to like three o'clock in the morning reading this. It was very fascinating. It really was. Uh, it was very medically documented and everything else like that. And I was like, wow, this is really interesting. And, uh, and I, I looked, I, I started talking to my wife. I said, it seems like medical marijuana really can help people, particularly if like, they have an opioid addiction or pain management, that they can really help that, like tremendously. And so when we're talking about the context of this, I'm not talking about recreationally, I'm talking about medically. So I'm still kind of, I, I guess the, I don't really have a problem, you know, necessarily, you know, with recreation. I mean, it's all legal and everything else like that. Uh, I think the the issue comes where um, when you're irresponsible with something, you know, something that's like that. anything, you know, that's uh, exactly. alcohol that's getting, you and, know, that we were talking last night about how Ohio still makes people get DUI plates. I, I'm telling you this much. The effects of alcohol in the body versus the effects of, of marijuana on the body are vastly different. I mean, so different in so much as the effects of alcohol, just the opposite. It's an inflammatory. It's, and I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not against alcohol. I, I drink yeah, bourbon and everything we, else. We like indulge. That. Right. So like as a result of that, like versus weed, which is an anti-inflammatory, it depends on the strain of weed and everything else like that, the CBD mixed with it and all that. And so the terpenes, all the but, different. And, yeah. and this is, this is really <laughs> hard because when you talk about, when you talk about weed or you talk about marijuana, you're talking about two different, two different effects. One is very medicinal and one can be, um, what do you call it? psycho psycho what's a, what's the word uh, it, it can have psychoactive properties psychoactive properties yeah. if you would so and and the more psychoactric is the uh, THC and the more medicinal one is CBD yes so when i talk about this i'm talking about more of the CBD versus the psychoactive type stuff but we do know and this is a fact and anybody knows this in the medical community that in order for the CBD to work actively the way that it needs to for pain management it needs the THC to act that way well the, the THC is actually the portion that actually does pinpoint the pain management yeah okay so the, the THC yeah. is what takes away the pain the CBD is what takes away the inflammation and a lot of other stuff. Okay. So your okay. body is actually, I'm not going to get too deep into this, but because you guys can research it if you really want, mm -hmm. but your body's already naturally set up to receive CBDs. Yep. yep. Um, we, have, we have cannabinoid receptors. Yes, we do. Yeah. yeah. So when there's actually a company out there called American Shaman, um, mm -hmm. they're one of the few that I've found that did this. They created a nanotechnology that blended into the CBD that they do, mm -hmm. and it actually helps accelerate your body getting used to it. So instead of taking it for like a month straight, you can take it for like a week to two weeks straight and your body will start absorbing it more naturally quicker okay because of the the nanotechnology that they put in it to help absorb into your okay into your system okay, okay. um but yes it so that that's one of the things that's really interesting about the weed industry right now right mm -hmm. um you see a lot of people that want like high thc stuff right like they just want to blow their face off sure sure but what you're starting to see and you're seeing that in ohio right now because ohio's medical industry just got started this last year okay so it's still fairly new or two right. years ago or something like that yeah, it was very recent, very recent. So yeah. uh, they are really focused on, like, just punching out, like, just killer stuff. High THC content, blah, 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 blah. Arizona was like that about six years ago. But what you're seeing now is what you're talking about a little bit. Mm -hmm. You're seeing them work. I kind of like this, and I kind of don't. You're seeing them hybridize more of the plants mm -hmm. to 
get lower amounts of THC, but higher amounts of CBD, terpenes, and all these other things that they want that actually do help. I know that it, I know that it's you need both in order to understand the pain management aspect of it and everything like that. I, I understand that. So now that's even why most mostly CBD stuff have a little bit of THC in it for the effect and for the to target. The yeah, pain I think management. it has to be less than 0.1 percent before it's considered it's non CBD. More, it's more than that. Is it one percent? I can't remember what it is. Someone told me, it is, but it's more than that. Yeah, it's it's yeah. less than a certain percentage of THC in order right. for it to not be considered. Exactly. So we, we've yeah. seen how that's how that's developed over time. Okay, we've seen how that that's that's definitely been something that um, has been greatly greatly uh, impacted people's lives. I mean, from from pro sports guys that are using it continually with the CBD creams and everything else like that, to guys who regularly in the in the professional sports arena will smoke weed not for the purpose even of just getting high, but for the medicinal purposes of what it does to your whole body. You know, so I thought that was really, really interesting. Um, and so this this all comes to a, to a fruition where I'm getting ready, ready to have knee surgery. Yeah. Again. I'm getting ready to have knee surgery. And uh, the recovery of the knee surgery, the way that my doctor does it, is really interesting. It, most of the time, full recovery is about six months to where you can actually run. Yeah. Again, uh, my doc, the great guy, and you can actually look him up and everything like that. I don't have his name just up handy. He's the, it's like, Professional sports teams, orthopedic surgeon out yeah, here, card, right? Cardinals and other guys like okay. that. He does. Uh, it's like six weeks. Because the the way that he does it, he actually he flips over the the quad. He doesn't cut into the quad, and so he's got a different way that he does you know his surgery. Interesting. So okay, it's great because people recover so much faster that huh. way. So, anyway, so that'll be interesting to see what happens. But the big thing is you do you do need pain medication when you recover. Because the pain's pretty pretty bad. Yeah, the bi- you know? the biggest thing is so that you can do the proper rehab, so that your knee is yeah. is properly uh, strengthened and, and everything like that. Because there will be scar tissue and, and yeah, it's and, gonna hurt, bro. And, oh yeah, so <laughs> it's gonna hurt. The, my wife approaches me about this. My wife comes up to me and she and I said and she goes, "Hey, you know, we got this surgery scheduled and everything. I want to have a conversation with you." And I said, "Okay." And she goes, "I don't want you taking opioids." Oof, period. And I'm like, oh, okay, why? She goes, last time I was really afraid. I was afraid that you were going to get addicted, and if your doctor didn't say something, you would get addicted. And I, I asked her about this really interesting conversation with her because I said, do you feel like I have an addictive personality? And she goes, no, I don't. But I think that that was such an experience for you that if you went back to it, you could fall down a rabbit hole pretty quick. And I was like, wow, really, sweetie? She goes, yeah, especially now with the pressure you have, just running a business and everything Well, and the like fact that. that you can drive four hours over to the, if that, to the border, walk across, buy whatever you want, and walk back. Who cares what the doctor yeah, tells that's, you? That's the other thing, too. Like, I didn't, I didn't, I don't know that stuff. I don't yeah. know that that stuff exists. I know that, I guess you can, but, like, I don't, I don't know that stuff exists. Um, I know people do it for, uh, like, other medication, mm-hmm. like antibiotics Like, their prescriptions like they yeah, can't yeah. afford when they're older and things like that, yeah. Right, right, right. Um, and I, I understand that. Um, the so this is all new to me, and so it was it was really interesting to uh, to have that like, oh my gosh, that my wife brought this up to me because we were adamantly against it, you know, for a very very long time. And she goes, "I'd like I like you to consider getting a medical card." And I'm like, "Well, I, I don't know about that." And let me tell you why. And she goes, "Why?" And I said, "Well, there, there's there's some there's some there's stigma to." you know, about buying firearms and having a medical card. If you, if you, some, some places won't sell to you if you have a medical card. Yeah. I know that for a fact. Well, and Um, now that it's legal here, to be honest, the only thing that you, that legally with like 
that um, having a medical card does for you mm-hmm. is it allows you to buy more at one time, and it's cheaper. Okay. It okay. doesn't it doesn't limit anything that you can purchase uh, other than keeping your like you work for yourself, right? So if yeah. you go get you're not going to get tested by your parents, and your parents are going to say, okay, you're you're fired, and you say, <laughs> right, well, right. actually, I'm not fired. I have a medical license. Right. Right. Um, right. So. And re- this is another problem I have, and we'll get to that in a second, okay. but you don't necessarily have to have a medical license to, to, to achieve what you are looking at potentially wanting to achieve yeah, in, from what your management. wife was saying. Right, yes. right, right. And I, I told her the same thing because we had, we had had conversations about that. Um, so I, I think that, that that was a really shocker. That was a real shocker to me, and I said— I'm, sh- I'm well, shocked, dude. I haven't heard this. Yeah, I know. So I wanted <laughs> yeah. to save it for this episode because I know a lot of people— uh, that are in the cigar, in the cigar community will smoke weed or do smoke weed or have used weed for medicinal. <laughs> Break the cigars down and use them for well, weed. <laughs> I, that's that's the weed community using cigars. Yeah. So I I think it's I think it's really interesting. Love but it. I but I wanted to um you know really address this at from a from a medical standpoint that you know I, I'm going to do everything I can to not use opioids and to use marijuana for the pain management mm. in particular of this. Uh, because I know the health benefits of it. And I know the recovery time in um, if, if you have to deal with being, you know, high a little bit. And I do I do currently use, um, uh, I guess, CBD with a little bit of THC to go to sleep. Yeah. Every night. It's so a spe- it's a it's a spe- it's a very specific formulated uh, gummy that is used directly yes. to extract the exact terpenes and the exact versions of CBD and THC that the body needs to help relax and go to sleep at night. And, and, and it's that, also an anti-inflammatory. It is. It's, it's phenomenal on my knee, by the way. Phenomenal. So that's very that's very helpful because uh, it does kill pain as well. Uh, that's very helpful. And it's, uh, if you guys are wondering, the milligrams, like five milligrams, uh, I believe. Ten, I think. It, no, it's five. Is it five? Yeah, it says five milligrams. Oh, I thought it was ten. Yeah, so five milligrams. If you would, so and that and that puts me to sleep every night. Like when if I take it at ten o'clock, I'm out by ten forty five. Yeah, you know, so it's 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 interesting how long it takes, you know, to actually activate, you know, but and, and that varies based on um, the acidity levels in your stomach. Yeah, what you eat, all uh-huh. that kind of stuff. So if uh, I take if it, you take it before you eat or after you eat, if yeah. I take it on an empty stomach, I've tried that before. It's it's I can definitely feel feel like I'm high. Yeah, you have to, to eat directly after. Right, right. So I've learned that, you know, if I, I usually take it on a full stomach. So okay. I, I, I take it, it after. It takes a little eat. longer for it to sneak up. And but. it does. It does. It does. So so that that's really interesting. So mm. the, the, the reason I, I probably haven't talked about this for a very long time is because it's a very, very big stigma between the weed and the cigar community. At least there used to be a very big stigma. Like guys who prefer premium cigars or are involved in the cigar industry, we don't cross over to the weed industry in any way, shape, and form. And not that we are by saying this or doing this. Which is which is funny you say that because when I was coming back from Hawaii, I was sitting on the plane and the guy sitting next to me is a guy who works in the marketing industry for um, a company that makes the packaging that the marijuana goes into. Mm-hmm. So he makes like the bags and the jars and stuff that everything goes into. Uh-huh. And he said that he was at a show in Vegas for all these vendors for the marijuana industry. Uh-huh. And he said there was a ton of cigar vendors there. Oh, yeah. Because he asked me, he was like, oh, are you a cigar vendor coming from the Vegas show? How was your show? And I was like, oh, dude, I work in the cigar industry. And he was like, oh, yeah, dude, there was tons of cigar people there. Yeah, it's 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 become, because cigars have been lumped in with uh, a lot big more tobacco. tobacco. Yeah, big tobacco, like vaping and hookah and everything else like that. Uh, now the shows are cigars, vape, and weed. It's all together. 
So it's, it's a very, it's a very, and so and a lot of people in the industry don't like that. Yeah, I don't, you know? I don't know if I agree with it completely. Yeah, but. I don't. Because I think there's very different industries, and not that one's a stoner or one's like a businessman. Well, even the vape and cigar that. industry are completely different. I mean, I yeah. had a guy walk in here the other day that said that uh, the 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 only reason vape shops exist is because they sell to underage kids. Uh, I don't doubt that. I don't doubt it. Dude. He literally said that. Yeah, I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it at all. I was and like, I'm, what? I'm not a, here's my thing, dude. I'm not an anti-vape guy. I'm not but either. I, but, but, I, but what it, what it's done to our industry because of that? Yes, it's hurt so, it. It's really hurt it. it it's really hurt. It's put hurt a it. very negative stank to it. Right. And I, they're just lumping everyone, everything together. And cigars were always like, you know, top notch, relax, get together with the boys, things like that. Not not this culture where it's kids necessarily, you know. So. As a result, we have to deal with that and, you know, and, and the stigma behind that. So I, I, I didn't talk about this for a long time just because <clears throat> I wanted to make sure I understood that. And I've been blessed to actually be around some people who have a great amount of knowledge um, about this subject in particular. Uh, you do. We'll get that in a second. Yeah. Uh, you do. And uh, people in the past that, that I even worked with have a tremendous amount of knowledge and have helped me grow in that Yeah, you had some people that worked for you even in the cigar industry that uh, that worked in some shady places, bro, in they, that industry. They did. Yeah, they did. And, <laughs> and I, I think that, I think that you know, uh, I was blessed by their knowledge, to be yeah. honest with you. They were very forthright about here's the things about it and everything else like that. Um, I think that's that's important to recognize. And uh, I thank them. You know, the, the, those people, if they ever listen to them, they know who they are. Um, and to let you know that that that's an active part of my life with the CBD and going to bed at night, it really helps with anti-inflammation and pain and management and everything else like that. So if you're out there and you listen to this and you're getting pretty, pretty ticked off at this point, you think I'm a sellout or something like that. No one has told me to talk about this. I am not sponsored. I'm not going to release some kind of weed cigar or anything like that. There's nothing like that behind it other than. I know that I have surgery coming up. My wife brought this up to me, and well, I thought and, that and was pretty interesting. You know, we were kind of watching a video a little bit ago, and there was like an old Korean war vet, and he was kind of going off about like he's tired of people saying that that smoking fact, weed is medicinal. He, yeah, he said he's, his, and that's kind of what sparked words, this conversation. His exact words is, is China essentially wants us all to be high, so they can come the in government and in oh, general. The government, yeah, the government yeah, yeah. wants us all be high, so we don't we don't care yeah. about anything, dude. Just so you understand something. Dumb, stupid, and oblivious is what they want us. Well, yeah, so they they, they do want that. There's no doubt about that. Okay, but you don't think they're doing that with alcohol? You don't think they're doing that with everything else? Uh, Hello, uh, fentanyl, uh, meth, uh, heroin, which were introduced by the government. I mean, don't get me me started, bro. Yeah, exactly. Um, Well, even LSD arrives naturally. Yeah, I mean, it's it's unbelievable how how things in some way. Yeah, well, ayahuasca is what you're yeah, talking about. Yeah, or more shrooms, I guess. Right, yeah. right. But, but I've never I've never had this amount of people around me that know this much about drugs in my entire life. <laughs> I, have a dear, I have a dear friend of mine. I have a dear friend of mine named Note All Jeff. Yeah, you know, Jeff. Yeah, that we hang out with, and he's very very knowledgeable. Because he, he's also a medical guy. He's, he works as he a, works in the medical he, industry. Yeah, in the ER. meaning uh, like hospitals and stuff yeah, like that. He's an he's an ER tech. You know, so it's really interesting to hear. His his medical assessment of this. I mean, he's the guy that when I when I was having um, a lot of red meat and beet juice. Remember oh that? yeah, he was like, yeah, you got the gout, bro. Yeah, I told me I had gout. And I had to go get some 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 lactic acid. Chill out on the beet juice, dude. Yeah, I was like, what in the heck? You know, I was like, yeah, too much beet juice, bro. Uh, I was just trying to get good. Circulation. Yeah, I'm just trying to get more oxygen, bro. Right, that's all. Uh, so I, I think that was a big thing for me, and I I think also uh, it's something that 
people wanted to know and they've asked me about continually, particularly on on the channel, they do you smoke weed? Do you smoke weed? Do you smoke weed? Yeah, there's been a lot of people that have asked about opinions on that. Yeah, and I think this is, uh, I guess this has been my coming out party, Uh, but I don't, you know, this this is a hard thing for me, you know. (sighs) When it comes to recreational, I'm really split on it. Because I don't, I don't believe in the abuse of alcohol, okay, and I, I don't believe in the abuse of of anything. To be honest yeah. with you, so, but I know it's beneficial for people. I know it's very beneficial for people, um, and I, 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 you know, and I see, and so, so, in, and I am split on the recreational use of it. Meaning, like, I'm not saying you shouldn't have it; should be legally, legally, legal or anything like that. I think that I think that's fine. My my issue is. Um, it it does give a greater chance for more people to abuse it when it's recreational. Oh, absolutely. But the way that it's, uh, from what I understand, I've never been to a dispensary, just so you know, never been to a dispensary. Um, but, well, no, I have been to a dispensary. Uh, but I, I will say this, the way that those dispensaries are run are very different from anything else that you can buy. I mean, it's it's, a, it's like a check-in process, you know, identification process. It's all cash, by the oh, way. Oh, it's very, it's ve- even California now is very regulated. Mm-hmm. So um, I think up until about three or four years ago, maybe five, um, anybody, you could pretty much be a grower in, in California and go to any marijuana shop, sell your, 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 whatever you're growing to them and they'll sell it for you basically. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, that consignment. Yeah. That stuff doesn't happen anymore. Okay. It's all regulated. Okay. Um, okay. Even when I was in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Hawaii used to be able to, um, they have like a growers guild now because Hawaii is very big on, um, they grow a lot of it naturally on the islands and there's certain strains on the islands that only grow on those islands. Right. Um, kind of like land race strains that are down in like Colombia and owned by the cartel. Okay. Um, which is called Acapulco gold. Okay. Um, well tell us, tell us, I mean, let's go into you for a little bit. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I think that's really interesting. Um, tell, tell me your, your history and what you know, you know a lot about it. Yeah. So I don't know that much about it. I'm trying to. I'm, I'm trying to be. By the way, this is all. We we didn't plan any of this. No, no, We're no. Like, let's talk about it. So feel feel free to share as much as you want to share. Yeah. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna press anything necessarily. Yeah. So. Um. Yeah. There's there's actually probably a lot of my family that doesn't know this. So if they listen, this will be the first time they've even heard it. And you know, there might be there might be some judgment, especially from like. Uh, oh, I'm sure there will be some of my family members that sure I've, I've yeah. two pastors in my family. One of them's my grandfather. One of them's my brother. Yeah. Um. But I'll be very honest. So uh, when I grew up, I had very little experience with weed. Um, mm-hmm. I actually remember the first time I did. It was one of my fellow uh, running backs. Um, I'm not going to say his name or anything like that, but it was in middle school. Mm-hmm. Probably like sixth or seventh grade. He was on the bus mm-hmm. and he just reeked of it, dude. Yeah. And that was the first time he explained it to me. And uh, he used to dress up like a, a, a juggalo, <laughs> uh, like insane cloud posse. <laughs> I, I yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. He's one of the, he was one of the dopest dudes and I always respected him. But then he just went through this phase where he just like, he didn't really like want to talk to people. And, um, that's when he like started smoking, kind of started hanging out with different people. Um, so that kind of gave me my first like kind of negative, uh, annotation negative vibe, to that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, not to mention my dad was a police officer. Right. right. So, <laughs> Gotta put the um, damn things right. Yeah. 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 So in but, Ohio, in Ohio, right. It's legal. Yeah. So growing up, I was very against putting anything in my body that would negatively affect it. I think we've talked about this a little bit. Yeah, um, yeah. I didn't want to affect the possibility of me getting out of home, out getting getting out. And if I and, could speak to something real quick, you yeah. said you're still that way. You're very very cautious about what you put in your body. Yeah, and everything. you. It's funny. The only other person I found that's more cautious than Josh, you, uh, not Josh necessarily, but my my wife. My oh wife, well, your wife my, has to. Yeah, my wife. My wife has uh, a disease called um, uh, chronic fatigue syndrome. 
And so that that and celiac, yeah, and and she's yeah, she's allergic to gluten as well. Uh, it affects her very nice. She's passed out from eating bread before. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Oh, I yeah, love so, bread. Oh, I know who doesn't. So I mean, a, as a result of that, that's a that's a huge thing. So so she's very cautious about. It. She does diets continually to try to like find out what she's allergic to. Yeah, and uh, she cuts out all these different things. So now she's she's like grain free, uh, dairy free, gluten free. So you meat and has she cut vegetables. caffeine out? Yeah, she doesn't. She didn't. Okay, she didn't I wasn't sure. Caffeine. She didn't have any caffeine. At okay. All. So I, on the other hand, love caffeine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry, I mean. So you no, you're good. Um, so gr- growing up, I, I I never really attached myself around it. I stayed away from that stuff. None of the friends I really hung out with. There were a couple that maybe did here and there, and I never like defriended anybody because of it. But I didn't associate myself with them much. Mm-hmm. And then um, I moved to my mom's. Mm-hmm. Uh, my Eighth grade year, seventh grade year, I moved to my mom's. Mm. And this is the first time in suburbia I experienced kids popping pills and using cocaine. Oh, wow. This was in eighth grade. Wow. Um, kids using coke in eighth grade? Oh, yeah, dude. Wow. Yeah, because th- th- I'm talking a very rich suburb of, of, mm-hmm. of Cleveland um, called Medina. And there was a lot of cocaine, a lot of pills. This was the first time I experienced pills. And then a couple couple years later, um, one of my buddies, uh, I have a couple friends that are twins mm-hmm. and some of my best friends in the world. And... Um, he uh, started smoking and um, then started smoking more and more. And then his brother passed away. Bad motorcycle accident. Mm. Really bad. It, it struck everybody really bad. Um, and then it became more and more and more. And that's kind of where I started becoming more accepting of being around it. But I never indulged in it. And he never really forced it on me. Yeah. And he would never do it around me. He would never smoke around me. He would go outside and smoke in my shed or go outside and smoke in his car. He would never smoke around me. That's something I want to say about a, a lot of a, a lot of guys that use weed that I've found. Yeah. It's very it's very asking oriented. It's not yeah. something that people just assume, yeah, I'm just going to smoke weed in front of you. Yeah. Like, hey, are you okay with this? Are you okay with this? Is that all right? And I've, I've because there's always times. been such a negative stigmatism. Right. As right. soon as you whip out a joint, right. everybody in the world's looking like you're wondering if everybody in there is pointing fingers at you and calling the police on you and trying right. to get you in trouble for just doing what you're doing. Right, right. right. Um, so fast, fast forward a little bit further and I met my wife in college. Okay. Um, my wife smoked in college mm-hmm. and, uh, it was something that she had more experience with growing up as a kid around her house and around her father and things like that. And, uh, it actually almost ended our relationship. Wow. Cause it was something that I wasn't okay with. And it was something that she didn't seem like she was willing to not do. Mm. Um, and I, I don't really know what happened with it, but. Uh, eventually I just kind of was like, you know what? I love my wife more than I care about how much, what this thing is that she wants. uh, She wanted to go hang out with her friends from college. It was Mm -hmm. after we were together for like three or four years Mm -hmm. and that was what they did. They hung out, they, they smoked, they ate food and they played video games or played board games and stuff. Right. Like they, they hung (laughs) out. Right. And I was really on the fence about it. And then I don't, something was just like, dude, like you love your wife, man. Like who cares? Mm -hmm. Is it really that big of a deal? And I think that was the first time I really started opening up to it. Fast forward to when I moved to Arizona. Um, long story short, I met a guy while I was working at Apple. I was going through some things at home. I couldn't sleep, things mm-hmm. like that. And he was kind of like, go see my buddy. He's a doctor. High, He's, high anxiety. High anxiety. Yeah. That was part of it. Yeah. But that that came a little bit later. Okay. Okay. Um, for some other reasons. But um, he was like, go see my buddy. And so I made the appointment. I went and saw his buddy. And when I pulled up, I looked up and I was like, is this where I'm supposed to be? The doctor's office was called doctor referrals. 
and it was like all Jamaican Jamaican Dow like weed Place smoke down here on Cape Creek. It wasn't this one. It was the uh, one was in Tempe, one? but it was it's it's the same one. <laughs> so I go and I meet with this doctor, and we have a good conversation. And um, I actually got my medical license that day. My wow. wife had no clue. Oh wow, no clue that I was getting a medical license. Wow. And then I showed up at home, and I like That's your medical card. Yeah, yeah. About. Okay. Yeah. And I sat down with her, and I was like, "Hey, I kind of did something today. It was unexpected. I wasn't really sure how this appointment was going to go, but I, I went ahead and did it." And I sat down and talked to her about it, and she was blown away because of how big of a deal it was earlier on in our life. Mm-hmm. Um, fast forward now. Uh, my mother-in-law's had brain cancer for two years, yes. two and a half years. Yes. Um, Tragic. She Tragic. is alive currently because of something called Rick Simpson oil. Mm-hmm. Um, now, her type of tumor that she had is called a glioblastoma. It's a stage four. Um, it's a type of brain cancer that grows in between the gray matter in your cells. So realistically, wow. it can never be completely removed without cutting out extremely immense amounts of your brain. Right. Um, the last time she went and saw her neurologist, the tumor had been shrunk 10%, which is unheard of. By the way, I've met both your mother-in-law and your father-in-law. Salty their people, great people. Yeah. Absolutely sweethearted people. Yeah, they're amazing. They are. Super, super blessed to have them in my life. Absolutely you are, yes. Um, Which is why I'll fight so hard to make sure that my mother-in-law gets what she needs. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and we at Zia will support you every every step of the way. And we hope we have the whole time. So So, this is emotional for him, just so you guys know that. I, I know that this is a this is a hard topic to talk about for Justin because he does love his wife. He does love his mother-in-law and he does love his father-in-law. And I, I, I have been privy to see that. I see the emotion in his eyes. So just, just bear with us. as We talk about it. Go ahead. Um, so, uh, luckily what, where, how I found out about this is my mom's boyfriend is very well adversed in the medical industry. He actually used to grow and sell to dispensaries in California before it came regulated. Okay. And, um, he taught me about this stuff that this Canadian guy named Rick Simpson made. And it's basically a very heavy concentration you basically take about a pound of the plant and you break it down, usually in like a crock pot or a pressure cooker okay. with some sort of um, food grade alcohol, Everclear, something like that. Okay. And what it does is, is it extracts every single bit of nutrients and, and what you actually need out of that plant and makes like this black paste out of it, right? And in that black paste is everything that your body needs to heal, so the guy that created Rick Simpson oil created it to heal his own melanoma, and then I think something his, his daughter had. Mm-hmm. Um, the dude cured his skin cancer and continues to cure people's skin cancer with this Rick Simpson oil. Um, so for reference, uh, it's very high potent. If you took more than a grain of rice right now, you'd be you'd be laying in that chair drooling. It's Whoa. very high strength. Don't she takes that. a gram a day. Oh wow, okay. a gram a day to okay. fight this cancer, and it is it's she's she's a. a Almost a year past where ninety nine point nine percent of people with this cancer make make it. Wow! And she only had one round of chemo and one round of radiation. And we told the doctors we didn't want to do the second round of chemo because we didn't want to. <clears throat> we didn't want her quality of life to go down. Yes, because chemo, chemo is it destroys the cancer or it destroys the host first. Absolutely. And I didn't. We didn't want to take that risk. Right. So we kept putting her on what we were putting her on and uh she got a new doctor and the doctor was like i can't justify this chemo and we explained what we were doing and he was like just keep doing what you're doing right saving her life right that's that's one of the things i think people don't understand about most medical professionals they do see the benefit well yeah uh, they see the the journey the problem with marijuana is the government won't let us study it properly yeah the universe there's only like two or three universities that are even remotely allowed to touch this stuff in the way that it needs to be researched right um 
it, it's not research to the point where uh, here's my problem with what's going on right now. For example, there's a very specific terpene called D-limonene. It occurs naturally in oranges and specifically orange peels. Oh. My uncle was diabetic and used to eat orange rinds. I remember this as a kid. His name's Uncle Uncle Scott. I was like, Uncle Scott, why are you eating orange rinds? He's like, because I'm diabetic, it helps with my diabetes, and it helps my stomach without me having to take things or drink things that could also affect my diabetes. I don't know the details other than that. That's what he told me. Okay. Um, so now I take a, a pill called Orange Burps. Okay. And I was researching whenever I would purchase certain marijuana strains, I would look for strains that had very high concentrations of D-limonene. Mm -hmm. Because the second you ingested it, I could feel my stomach actually go bloop, 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 and immediately feel better. Almost instantaneously. Wow. So as I researched that, I found that a lot of the things that occur in these plants occur in all these other plants. They These terpenes occur in hops. They occur in tomatoes. They occur in nuts and all kinds of things that already exist. Mm -hmm. So I found this D-limonene, which is an orange peel extract that mm -hmm. goes into a pill form. And I literally just take that pill after I eat pizza, pasta, anything like that. Acid reflux is gone. My stomach feels better. I just burp up oranges. I need to get some of that, dude. But that's the stuff that they can't yeah. research. Like, right, right. And you see a lot of that too. Um, I was just watching. I was just watching and researching uh, SARMs, which is a uh, 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 an anabolic steroid substitute, kind of, mm. uh, if you would. So a lot of teenagers using SARMs, which is a. I've heard about it in the in the weightlifting community, and so I, I follow that community still, even though I can't lift the weights that I lift. Uh, they, uh, it's a big thing, and so. Uh, but it's not FDA approved. Okay. And so there's a lot of controversy around SARMs and can, can do things that have side effects and everything else like that. And it actually does have side effects. And so they're worried about young teenagers taking, taking SARMs and uh, everything else like that. But you're right. There's a lot of stuff that, you know, the FDA or the, you know, the government won't, won't let people study simply because um, they probably it, want, it'll cost them money. Yeah. It'll, it'll cost money and everything else. And they're, you know, I don't know why they're spending money on other things that we spend it on, but, but you know, I, I want to address something you said earlier. Go ahead. You, one of your concerns about uh, getting a, a medical card, and that was one of the reasons that um, your your fear was because when you do that, you can actually get denied um, being a gun owner. And there's actually weird laws around whether or not you're even allowed to keep your guns mm -hmm. when you get a medical license, right? Mm -hmm. um, here's my problem with that, mm -hmm. right? Marijuana is legal right now. You could walk into a, 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 a shop with your driver's license and walk out with marijuana in your hand, mm -hmm. go home, smoke it, wait an hour, go to a gun store, and buy a gun. But somebody with a medical card who maybe hasn't smoked for a couple weeks or something like that, or maybe somebody who's, you know, using it to help somebody else, yeah, yeah, uh, will get denied, right? And that's yeah. my problem with opiates, right? Like, I have, I have two, two family members that have struggled with, with opiate addiction, like hardcore, like to the point where like my aunt left my uncle. Mm. Um, it caused extreme turmoil in the family and it caused extreme turmoil with, within their family. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, um, and my, my uncle would fall asleep at the wheel sitting at stoplights. He would, he would wreck, I don't know how many accidents he had in cars and I'm sorry if I'm being a little oversharing with my family, but this is real. Like this stuff happens. I right. see people fall asleep at the steering wheel at stoplights. Nobody on weed falls asleep at the steering wheel at a stoplight. They just go, Shh, am I supposed to turn left or right? And, oh, shit, is that the cops behind me? You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, or they're eating a burrito. Like, mm -hmm. you, they're not falling asleep. They're not, 
um, you know, they're not driving off the road. They're not, you know, I see way more dangers with opiates than I've ever seen with marijuana. And my dad being a cop for 20 years will tell you the exact same thing. He never went to a fatal accident where the offender was high. They were drunk. Right. Or they were on some sort of opioid. Yeah. And I, I think the, the stats bear that, you know, I think we, we've seen that, you know, um, and as a result of, you know, what, what's going on and, and the stigma behind all this, I think that's one of the reasons we're talking about it today. I think it's, I think it's a, it, it bears um, a conversation that goes probably a little deeper than we can go today. But I think it's, it, you know, we want to give you kind of a cursory overview about, about, about weed and, and, and our experience and, you know, and, and how it plays into, you know, what we do. And we have, we have plenty of customers that actually, you know, smoke weed and do smoke and do smoke yeah, we cigars. Just, we just well. had one that walked in and walked out and yeah, I yeah. told him what we were talking about today. And he was right. kind of like, was it good things or bad things? And I was like, well, why are you looking at me like that? And he was <laughs> like, well, he's like, I don't really mess with flour. He's like, but, uh, you know, every once in a while, he's like, I got a, I got a very specific type of, uh, pin that I'll get that has, um, that I will hit to go to sleep. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I'm, so just just to shed some light on like some of the things you're talking about, right? Like you don't have to smoke it. There's pills you can take. Mm-hmm. There's topicals. There's uh, tinctures. Mm-hmm. There's um, gummies. Yeah, there's gummies. Um, wa- I'm, wax pens? I don't know what that I'm is. I'm not a huge right? fan of the vape pens. Um, okay. There's a few reasons why. Is It's mm-hmm. still, there's still an unnatural thing to them to make them burn and things like that, right? Right, right. I mean, there's, there's people that is really beneficial for like, if, if you're like a semi-truck driver and you, you need to like, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't recommend it because you're driving a semi, but mm-hmm. like you don't want your truck to smell, you mm-hmm. could you could use a vape pen or something or or it's easier to travel with, right? You're driving a lot and you get to a hotel. Well, if you're pulled over and you're going to bed at night. And yeah, things like that, bed, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but the, the, the most natural way is still just natural flower. Right, right, right. Well, guys, we'd love to hear your, your uh, feedback on the topic we're talking about today. And you could do that by emailing us at cutlightsmokepodcast, all one word, cutlightsmokepodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your feedback on this and uh, what you think about it, your cut questions, comments, and you know even insults and that kind of thing. So uh, I'm sure there's going to be lots of judgment on this one. I'm sure we're going to get some plenty of emails you know, on this one. But uh, thank you for listening to us. Thank you for tuning in to the Cut Light Smoke podcast when we talk about weed, which will be uh, interesting to hear your feedback on it. So with that said, I've been Bradley the whole time. He's been Justin the whole time. And so we were, oh, I, thought, uh, I thought we were high the whole time. No, we, we were not smoking <laughs> weed during the whole time. I promise. I promise. So, uh, thanks again, guys, for listening to the podcast and we're out of here like last year. Peace.